And welcome back to Fundamentally Sound uh, with Shiro Majeski and Doug. This is episode 15. 16, I think. 16? We, we suck at counting, but, <laughs> but you know what <laughs> we don't suck at having is what, attendance. Attendance is full tonight. It's full. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The voice of Majeski back on the air. Hello. Yeah, this is 16. Am I on? You are on. You're on. Hello? No one's answering, but Mom? you're on. <laughs> Mom? How was the vacation, Majeski? It was vacationed. That's a good way to put it. Was it enlightening? There was there was some lightning there. Oh, yeah. lightning! Okay. <laughs> Majeski, why don't you just update us on your life? I feel like there's so many interesting things that have gone on. More importantly, whether or not the vacation has been a vacation or not. Well, I started a new job. Uh, I've been working a lot, and so that's why I've been trying to get my schedule figured out. The the work schedule grind is yes. always it's a tough. Thing. It's tough. That adult life is uh, not the easiest thing, I suppose. But I got a new vehicle. And the, the shagging wagons no longer. The, Can you give us some specs? Well, we got a uh, 2017 Nissan 2.5 liter SR Altima. Oh, SR. It's about as new as it gets. Could not tell you what the SR stands for, but... Sports regulation. Probably Sports series. Well, that would be no, SS. SS, but something is it S? Is that what it is? SR. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it has a. Uh, it's the midnight edition, so it has midnight. a. So you won't see Majeski cruising at night. Yeah, I turn off the lights. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that can't be seen. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really nice car. It's a gun metallic is the color, and sounds has, like your life. Yes. So. But uh, glad to have you back. <laughs> Welcome to the intro again. So it's good to uh, see you guys' faces. Yes, yours as well. Even no, yours it's still red. It is red. It's sun- <laughs> sunburn, you know. Yeah. Hey man, sunscreen's where it's at. Tucson, Arizona. He doesn't use the sunscreen. Summer. We've we talked don't about like this. sunscreen. Okay. Uh, for people who need to reference that, it's like episode three or four. Yeah. Whatever. Take a look. <laughs> um, getting. We're gonna jump right in here. Let's let's just jump right in it. Wow. Um, kind of moving things along. <laughs> NBA Finals Game Three is going on as we speak. Halftime lead is sixty-seven, sixty-one. So, uh, Warriors still in command of that one. LeBron's doing all he can. But, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the finals so far? Having three games or two and a half in the books. Well, I know that I think our last recording. I know I think I was maybe just a little excited, maybe a little too. Uh, Optim- not optimistic for the Cavs and just kind of like, oh, there's no way that they've got a game in this series. But, um, I mean, clearly what's happening is Golden State's offense is just in- immensely potent. Um, I mean, having basically all of them on all the time, Kevin Durant averaging over 30 points, whatever it is, um, Draymond Green obviously playing some stiff defense. But, uh, I mean, it, really the, the tough thing – the way I see the series going, even even if I mean Cleveland, in my opinion, needs to win this game three, and uh, I think I was listening to the radio and Healy Brown, somebody put it really well. It's like it's like they are they've got cinder blocks tied to their feet, 
and they just can't seem to keep their head above water. I mean, whether they do something right, whether they do something wrong, it's just incredibly tough to keep the Warriors within, you know, within striking distance, as I guess you would like to say it. So that's what that's my analysis up to this point. The Cavaliers, they need Zendrunas Ilgaskis. <laughs> Can you name the other four players from that team that made it to the finals with LeBron? I asked Doug this earlier. Delonte West? He wasn't on the starting lineup, but yeah, he was one of them. Mo Williams? <laughs> nope. Oh, Mo. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mm. Anderson Vergeau? Also not in the starting lineup, but yes. Oh, you're asking for the starting lineup. Oh, okay. Well, no, but Just I mean. <laughs> yeah. I'm... Who is it? Smush Parker. Smush. Is there a uh, Jamario Moon? Yeah, he was on the bench. <laughs> I know the bench. That's where I belong. These guys clearly know their historical figures very well. So Jake Lamb just hit a three run home run. He wasn't on the Cavs. No, he wasn't. But yeah, the Cavs. <laughs> I just don't understand how the Warriors can make all their shots. Like anything they throw up there goes into the basket. Clay Thompson, oh, in the corner. He just throws it up like nothing, starts walking down the court. It goes in. And then you see the Cavs come over, and they, you know, they do their little isolation thing. But Kyrie takes the ball, and then get one shot and misses. And yeah, and it's back back the other way. Tristan Thompson isn't rebounding as much as he should be. I think Curry got more rebounds in this series than Tristan Thompson does. He does, and he has like a seven inch height advantage or something like that. Actually, yeah, six or seven. Yeah. yeah. It, mm-hmm. I just don't understand that part either. They're just getting out hustled, out played, out shot, everything. And you, you can't just have LeBron do everything. He's doing everything and they're losing, so they need to have other people step up. So this this is my next question. Um a lot of people have brought into context whether hand checking which was a rule taken out by the NBA uh, to allow more offense to flow and defense to kind of, uh, you know, you have to stay in front of your man a different way. Do you feel like hand checking runs a factor in guarding the Warriors? If you, if the Cavaliers were able to hand check or any team for that matter was able to hand check, do you think it would stop the Warriors? And that may be the wrong way to phrase that question, but is hand checking a important factor? Because a lot of people are comparing. Michael Jordan's 72 and 10 win team to this team. And we'll get to that later, but like <laughs> hand checking. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think the NBA has kind of taken away defense in the NBA, <laughs> in my opinion, because they keep, they keep using these new rules and about how you can get in front of the, the op, the, the offensive player and calling blocks on what, what should be called charges. And then, this continuation thing where, you know, if you're taking the ball up the court and you get fouled at half court, you still have about 10 to 15 seconds to go throw it in to get an and one. It seems like, like I, I you know, like they, they call all these and ones for no reason when you know that they still have two steps to go. I don't like the continuation. Um, at, like they need to limit that a little bit, but going back to your hand checking thing, I think that they have, they need to let the, defensive players play the game in a more aggressive way than what they are right now. See, I I agree with the hand-checking thing. Uh, continuation, 
is a very tricky subject in the fact that I think within reason, continuation is a good thing. And I would actually like to see college basketball adopt a continuation rule. But at the same time, NBA does stretch it to where, you know, LeBron can get hacked at the three-point <laughs> line, drive in and score, and it's an and one. So, I mean, yeah. Drives me crazy. No. I mean, but the other thing, and I wanted to ask Doug this specifically. So, did you see the play with Steph Curry and LeBron where Steph Curry, like, dribbled around and, like, kind of shook LeBron and laid up? Majeski apparently saw it. Oh, yeah, I saw double, it. The double dribble? Yeah. So. Oh, well, okay. So, I, when I first watched the play, I didn't see the double dribble, which I, I don't I think, think anyone saw Anybody with a human eye would have a tough time seeing it in my personal Although, refs are right there. So, I mean. I, hey, I understand. I mean, put yourself in a good position, which those guys are. They're pros. They, that's they're supposed they're, they're to. They're paid to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I feel like if I was a ref and put myself in a good position, I probably would have seen it. Would I, you have called it? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm i just – you're there. You're a referee. You officiate the game. If there's a double dribble, there's a du- – I mean, this goes – in in my opinion, this goes to also when you see a travel, which I feel like every NBA player does. Yeah. Every time they drive to the ba- – I mean, this goes for LeBron as well. Well, I mean, LeBron's the most cased – person when it comes to traveling yes. yeah but i guess there's multiple players in reality but uh yeah i would have absolutely called it would you have called it majeski i think i would have called it it was a, it, it was great offensive uh ball handling up until the point that he you know, actually pretty much double dribbled um and it was uh, obviously a mismatch uh, steph curry being much quicker um better ball hand- well i don't know if it's necessarily better ball handling skills than lebron but in that moment um but yeah i would have called it I I feel like uh, in that moment, everyone's like, oh, it's such great, like, on-ball offense from Steph Curry, like, dribbling around, and you can add LeBron to another one of the superstar lists that, like, he's taken down and taken to the hole or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear a bunch of experts say that, and then it, it's like you look at it, and it's like LeBron played really good defense because as soon as he saw Steph Curry pick up the ball, and go to clutch it with two hands, he closed out for a shot, which is what Steph normally does. So, I mean, you can't fault the defense on that end. I don't I don't fault him, and that's a true point. I mean, that's that's what makes Steph so dynamic, except in that moment, obviously, it was a double dribble. But, like, usually that guy, like, I don't even understand. He's so lightning quick with those those dribble dribble shoots, uh, dribble shots. Um, I don't know how to exactly. I like the dribble shoots. Dribble shoots. Dribble, the dribble the shots. Shoot. Dribble shots. Uh, the dribble shot. We'll get the dribble shot. The step back. Yeah, it's just it's just <laughs> filthy. It, it is. It's filthier, nasty. Fil- filthy. Filthier than this. It makes you feel area. dirty just watching it. <laughs> I took a shower after I saw that. Oh, there it is. But here, Charlie, let me just let me mention this then. If we're talking about that specific play, what about um, how everybody's kind of raving over when uh, LeBron got put on skates or whatever? Do you think he was he he slipped or yes. or did he? So, yeah, you think he slipped. I well, think he slipped. Uh, so I mean, And I don't know what he slipped on, but I think he slipped. I don't think he would put on skates because, you know, was that Durant's shot, I think it was? Well, yeah, so in the corner? I know exactly what play you're talking about. So, Steph Curry was inbounding the ball. Yes. And the the pass was actually supposed to go to Clay Thompson cutting. Yes. And Steph actually missed through the ball. And Did they get tipped? No, it just he just oh, missed through it. He threw it behind mm-hmm. Clay. And so he threw it, and it went directly to Durant. And so LeBron, having seen Clay cut, he was reacting to Clay, saw the ball go behind him, turn around, turned around to get to Durant. And as soon as he realized Durant actually grabbed the ball and ran towards the basket, 
slipped trying to get back. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, it just was like so much momentum. I don't know. In my opinion, it seemed like a slip. I don't know. A lot of people want to say he got put on skates, but well, I mean, it's, it's tough to argue that. <laughs> it's it's the testament to the fact that LeBron is so polarizing, and the fact that any anybody that hates LeBron <laughs> or does not like him or you know hates the fact that people say he's the greatest of all time. You know, just find the smallest of things to, you know, just get on him about. Like, whether it'll be letting Steph Curry score, which, I mean, I think Steph Curry's probably scored on everyone. You know, I mean, that's just the way the game works. Mm. Or, you know, whether it's LeBron slipping trying to get out to cover Durant. You know, like, they will find anything to bash on LeBron about. Which, I mean, it goes the same way, if you're thinking about it, about the Warriors. The Warriors, this team's so polarizing that at the at the end of the day, you know, if you hate the Warriors, you're gonna find the smallest things to criticize them on. Whereas if if you like the Warriors, then I mean you're not in that boat of falling finding no. the smallest yeah. thing to criticize them on. So Yeah, it's a good point. It's just the way it works. But no, I don't I don't think LeBron got his ankles taken or was on skates. He just slipped. Yeah. So but I would like to bring up a point here. Ooh, the point. Um, real quick, I just want to say, in college basketball, college basketball, you're a fan of the the school, correct? Correct. Like, no, there's not other fan bases saying, "Oh, I like this player on that team." It's more just you like that college. Well, so, I, I think that depends, but yeah, for the most part, I see what you're saying. Yeah, sorry. So, like, casual fan, you know, they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I like Arizona Wildcats," but. You don't the casual fan doesn't know every player doesn't really know anybody on like Duke or whatever anymore. Um, but anyway, so in the NBA, the play the people the fan base love the player individually, correct? There's a higher percentage of the fan base that does correct. Right. So you don't just say like like for me, I I like LeBron, but I don't care for the Cavs. Um, and you know how can you not? like Durant, but I don't care for the Warriors. So in the college game, I believe the refs call more things because they want to, that's their structure of the game. It's not about the individual players and the fan bases seeing those players play. It's just about the college. But in the NBA, the the fans want to see the players play and want to see the best out of them. So if you call them for double dribbles or traveling, I th- I think the NBA thinks that's taking away from the the fan base, and maybe that's would lose ratings. What do you guys think of that? You you bring up an interesting point, uh, and I actually completely agree. Uh, the NBA is almost solely built on marketing players. Um, they've really gotten away from the team. I wouldn't say they've gotten away from the team aspect, uh, especially considering the Warriors being like you know the Goliath of of all NBA teams right now. Um, so they are, they are, but I mean, you're talking about superstar after superstar on that on that team. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I kind of agree with you. I mean, it's kind of funny to watch the officials in, in both realms. It is very different. It's completely different. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. There's no way I can disagree. Yeah, I mean it. It for the very like super fans of college basketball, I feel like they follow players more than they follow teams at points. But right, right. I also feel like the intensity of, you know, following a college basketball team is far more intense than 
what it would be of a fan of a NBA basketball team. Because with college, whatever it is about college, since you attended that college, you have so much more pride about their athletic program. I mean, it's like U of A and U of A football for us. Like, not that great of a program, but we will still root for it because that's where we went to college. Like, it's right. not, it's not like we were bad and we're gonna stop rooting for them. But and switch teams or anything. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like in the NFL, there's so many people that you know rooted for the Cowboys in the '90s, and then they sucked during most of the 2000s went eight and eight for a while and then now all of a sudden they're back and like people hop back on the bandwagon the bandwagon is alive same thing with the cubs you know and And the calves and the heat yeah like i mean people people move around a lot more in professional sports than they do in colleges so i think that drives a lot of things as well but i mean nba refereeing is truly about superstars too i mean it LeBron definitely doesn't get called for some things, but, I mean, he's not the only superstar that gets treated that way. No. In fact, I feel like LeBron misses a lot of opportunities to get called. Uh, like, players get called for shooting fouls on LeBron because he's so strong in getting to the basket. Yeah, the physicality. Yeah, yeah, that sometimes those calls are missed. But, I mean, that's just the way refereeing goes in the NBA, and unfortunately it's the way it is. But you bring up a solid point that's – Something that a lot of people probably don't think about. So, but um, what's the score, Doug? Uh, just past the six minute mark, so we're less than six minutes left in the third. Cavs up eighty seventy nine. Mm. Ooh, there it is. The Cavs need this game. They do. And I, the next game. I mean, but the next let's game. just take a snapshot view. So, okay, so we're about half. We're halfway through the third quarter. Um, so I have a whole quarter and a half to play. Cleveland has been shooting the ball fifty five percent. To Golden State's fifty, essentially, but the big difference here is turnover. I mean, in my opinion, turnovers. And I know we were talking about this a little bit off the pod. It's just mind blowing to me, and maybe to hopefully some other people out there. Uh, Warriors can just you know nonchalantly. Uh, four minutes of a game goes by, we turn the ball over five times. Maybe it's the same guy like McGee or something like that. <laughs> big deal, big whoop. And then just turn on the Jets for the next two minutes, score twenty points, and just like what? How did that happen? So, I mean, who knows what's going to happen the rest of this game. I mean, it's going to be like in the 100-point mark at the end of the third quarter. So, you know, good old-school NBA basketball. Huge scores again. Um, Mind-boggling. Yeah. So that's an update on the game, guys. The the big question is, so Majeski just said that they need to win these next two games. So say the Cavs do win two at home. Does all of this get reversed in the sense that everyone's like, oh, the Warriors are so good, like – they're such a good team, you know. They're they're almost like uh, the Bulls and when they won seventy two, you know. Like, does all of this get reversed? And all of a sudden, we're talking about like, oh, what happened to the Warriors? Like, oh, LeBron's a god now. Like, that's that's what I hate. The media is so flip flopped and bipolar that it's yep. just like you can't get a common read on anything. You you got to stick to your story. If you think the Warriors are that great, then you better be saying that even after they lose two games. Like and not not that I think I actually think if the Cavs win this game that the Warriors will win the next one. But if the Cavs tie it two two, who knows what's gonna happen. So anyways, I, what do you guys think? I think the winner of a uh, game four is gonna win the whole thing. Oh. No matter what happens. Okay. Even if they they go down three zero. 
If they win game four, they're coming back. Ooh. All you, right. You heard it here first, folks. Polarizing. That's quite an assumption. And I I mean, hey, well what's I gotta say that's that's explosive right there. That's that is dynamite. If that could actually happen, I I think that would be great for the league. Um, I know there were some articles written by like Darren Ravel talking about the value of these games for the organizations, like how much money they actually miss out on on sweeps. Millions I, of dollars. I think that's funny. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it, you root for sweeps, but at the same time, as an owner, you're like, nah, I want this to go. <laughs> Let me seven. see that green dough. Like, <laughs> if honestly, if if you're the uh, Golden State's war, the owner, mm. and um, they win this game in Cleveland. I, I may call up Steve Kerr and be like, look, just start everyone from the bench. We need this to go six. <laughs> Take that we need game. one game back here. <laughs> and still compete. Still force like, you know, like a last second shot of the Cavs. Um, what do I think happens next? Uh, let's just, I mean, if Golden State wins tonight, whatever, they put a, put a dagger in the coffin uh, with like two minutes left to go for the Cavs, um, it's going to be an ugly game four. It's going to, I mean, it'll end in a sweep, but it'll be like nothing we've ever seen before. Like it could be a hundred to zero, like that kind of ugliness. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying it's going to be ugly. Um, now cat let's say Cavs win tonight. I think that that gives them the juice, um, to, to find themselves in a game four situation and, and win that game. Take, go back to Oracle with the series tied up and everybody on their heel or everybody on their toes wondering what's going to happen next. Um, I it, it's gonna be I don't know it, this could be really exciting I what do I want to happen I want excitement I want and I want this to go seven like I'd love to see you know the NBA get their money's worth the the teams get their money's worth all that kind of and the fans um, do I think that's real I don't think that's realistically gonna happen though I think I kind of agree with Jeski whoever wins game four is I wouldn't say whoever I would say let's just say Cavs I, I'll say Cavs win tonight and Warriors win game four and it's gonna be over and. In five, I guess. I mean, I picked the Warriors in six, so yeah. I, I still go with that. But I have Cavs in six. There you go. I had Cavs in seven. Yeah. So <laughs> y'all are looking great right now. We're you know, <laughs> diehards. Just down two games. I'll call it a comeback, baby. <laughs> no big deal. But yeah, so NBA Finals. I believe um, the next game is on Saturday. If for game four, probably about two or three weeks away. Oh yeah, because of rest, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Travel time to Cleveland. Travel time, you know. I keep thinking about Cleveland. that. Like if like a player, if a player were to get injured, it's probably not the end of the world because they'll just be like, ah, it's the game's next week anyways. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how the finals are a whole month. I don't get that. I mean, when baseball plays like two games back to back, takes a day to travel, plays like other games back to back, travel, and yeah, mm-hmm. they even travel on the same day. They do. And then play tomorrow. They do. Anyways. Bunch of wimps. So who's soft? (laughs) Who is soft? Let me tell you who's not soft. The Nashville Predators. Oh. That is a perfect moment to to transition into NHL. The segue I like. The Stanley Cup. Lead us off. What's going on? Well. I was going to tell you who's soft, though. Oh. Well, who's soft, Majeski? Tarzewski. Oh. Tarzewski. Caleb. (laughs) Oh, Deuce. All right, the Predators. <laughs> I, I, I'm confused. Why are we bringing these guys up right now? Heartbreak, man. Heartbreak. Why are you so heartbroken? Oh, I'm not heartbroken. All right. I mean, neither am I. 
Is this like another inside joke that I'm not a part of? Again? No, I honestly have no idea what the hell's going on. <laughs> I was just trying to be funny. <laughs> just trying to be funny over here. What do you guys think about um, Lori Marketing just lighting it up on social media? Is this guy trying to get some endorsement deals or something? He already has endorsement deals. Big baller? Finland. Oh. Oh, Finland. is that why? The Finland big baller brand. The Finland. <laughs> <laughs> He's finished. Uh, <laughs> all right. So anyways. Predators. Going, going into my transition, uh, this the series is all tied up. Two two. Nash Vegas, what proved to be a real thing. Um, yeah, it's all all knotted up. Uh, going back to Pittsburgh. Majeski, who did you pick in this series? I picked the Predators. Ooh, and how many wow. games? Seven? Uh I think I said six. Okay. So. Win the next two. Yeah, we'll see. It's it's gonna be a rough patch, but Oh, a rough patch. I like that. The penguins are uh, a tough bunch. Ooh, a tough so, bunch of penguins. Yes. <laughs> The har- the hardest penguins, emperor penguins, Ooh. some scary birds with those like weird weird eyebrows, <laughs> the weird uh, eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're, they're they're ice up instead of surfs up. Ooh, so there you go, Majeski. I don't know if you can answer this question. Probably not. I, I figure we might as well open it up. But what 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 do the predators need to do to win on the road? They're, they've proved themselves in Nashville. So what what needs to happen in Pittsburgh for a successful uh, game five? I believe, in my mind, they need to come out strong in the first period. You know, it's cliche to say that in <laughs> every road game or in, in in any sport. But, you know, in Pittsburgh, the, the arena is so loud and they're really hyped up and in the beginning of the game, and that's what gets Pittsburgh going, and that's why they come out strong. They have a lot of – I'm not sure of the statistic, but they, they, they have a lot of first-period goals throughout the season – and if the Predators can limit the first period goals, I think they can probably come away with a win because once they settle down, um, I think they'll be able to to come out with a win in Pittsburgh. I like that. So my my goal to winning game five would be come out hard hitting. Mm. You know, I think um, as well as intense intensity and trying to take the crowd out of it, you know, if you beat – in in any sport that requires a certain uh, bit of contact, you know, if you come out and show that you're willing to dominate in the contact area, most of the time the other team's going to be a little scared. You know, yeah. you you lay a few licks <laughs> on the team coming down the ice the first few go rounds, they might be looking over their shoulder instead of focusing on trying to score the goal. So, I think if they come out hard hitting, you know, trying to bring up the level of physicality and you know make it their aid, then I feel like the Preds can win game five so that's some good that's some good analysis good that's some good analysis boys you went um, to canada on yeah that hey hey sorry <laughs> um yeah i don't know i mean it's clear that uh what i've enjoyed a little bit yeah we got we got enough time to wrap things up here with nhl um i really love the matchup between uh pk suban and uh Sidney Crosby. Oh, it's been a great matchup. You know, the little crybaby that Sidney Crosby seems to be nowadays. <laughs> but uh, I agree with you, Churro. Um, nastiness is required, as uh, um, somebody who we know has said. Um, so, obviously, it'll be about physicality. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, – um, what's his name? Pekka, Pekka Rene? Pekka Rene. How great is that name, by the way? I mean, it's almost as uh, good <laughs> as uh, Chi-Chi Gonzalez. Chi Chi, that's also Chi-chi. that's pretty great. So, but yes, Pekka Rene. Pekka Rene. There were some funny posters made about. All right, hey, th- <laughs> you know what? Even more outlandish or even more ridiculous. Did you guys see that? Like, 
I think it was four seats on the glass uh, went for like 30K. Did you guys no. see that? I mean, I'd believe it. For I think it's for game six. You so. get to sit on the glass? Yes, on it. On it. Like Whoa. on top of it. You That's know? Just, awesome. just NHL's new new thing, man. They're just trying to put fans right in the action. You ever watch Happy? <laughs> just putting fans <laughs> in the action. <laughs> you ever seen Happy, Happy Gilmore when, you, when hey. his dad dies? You know how they the have f- like the, the phantom <laughs> camera? In the NFL, that's like oh, right, hung right. from the like wires yeah, and suspended. follows everything. Yeah, yeah, suspended. Soon they're gonna put seats on those things. <laughs> now that like, it's like Soren California. California. <laughs> yeah. You you follow Disneyland. the play based on of like where the ball is. And <laughs> the puck. But like is. when the puck, like, <laughs> there it is. When the puck looks like it's coming at you, it's really gonna it, hit you. <laughs> <laughs> they give you like life's uh, not like actual NHL headgear. That the players Ooh, wear. So, like, they nice. just cover the eyes, yeah. but you take them from the mouth. <laughs> yeah. Daddy, you want that the was awesome. And the kid's missing all his teeth. <laughs> That's my boy. That's my boy. And then the hockey player, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. My name's Philippe Forsberg. <laughs> Philippe. Wow. Some, some, some French. That's, that's pretty How great. long have you been holding that one in? Uh, about 10, 15 minutes. Oh. <laughs> all right. Got it. Just got the itch during the NBA talk. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I mean, man. I I mean, I'm excited for like what I and I think it's been funny that what's been talked a lot in the media is about oh what's more interesting the NHL playoffs or the NBA playoffs. I mean, who can't say the NHL playoffs? I mean, obviously. But hey, this goes back to the argument we were just having. Let's say the Cavs win the next two. So then we got we got a series on our hands, boys. I mean, it's just uh, that's what sports is all about. You want to see true competition. You want to see both teams lighten it up. Like I'm not going to say you don't want to see that, but NHL mean, people, has passion. NHL has passion. People also, no, you're good. People also are tired of seeing the same two teams in the finals. That's why a Cubs Indian World Series, regardless of awesome. the Cubs being in it, two teams that haven't been in it in a while, you know, that drew a lot of attention for the MLB. Nashville being in this one, something people haven't seen ever. So, I mean, like, literally, if it was the Blackhawks versus the Penguins, no one would probably care. No. Besides, the like, diehard hockey fans. Like that. Yeah, yeah, like, but, all right, we, we hit our mark, boys. So, <laughs> that's that, not bad. We, we covered NBA, NHL, had a little bit of tangents in there. Yeah. So, that was a good episode. Episode 16, I believe, was. What we said at the yeah, beginning. Rattled it off. Yep. Yeah. Rattled. I like that. The so, diamondbacks. We're we're trying to make them shorter for you guys. So <laughs> hopefully all you out there enjoy the nice little thirty minute session that we had. But yeah, so episode sixteen, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. Thank you for joining us and we will see you next time.